once cowered just to see what it felt like. He stayed in Hex when faced with an infantry overrun to teach his opponent a lesson. He can listen to 10 hours of the two half squads in one sitting. He is the most interesting ASL player in the world. I don't always listen to podcasts, but when I do, I listen to the two half squads. Roll low, my friends. players everywhere. Hello, ASL players everywhere. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Two Half Squads, the one and only podcast on the net dedicated 100% to the greatest game in the world. Advanced Squad Leader. And we welcome you once again. We're here for another hour of frolicking fun. We hope. Uh, how are you, Dave? Good. Not this... that fun, so I hope I can fun it up a little yeah. bit for the listening audience. <laughs> Steve Martin always says he would, uh, in order to make himself feel more fun he would put a piece of bologna in each of his shoes <laughs> which seems like a horrible waste of bologna but maybe you need more beer no i'm good yeah the beer is actually making me a little sleepy, sleepy. but this is this is really out. good check beer you know why i'm drinking this beer because it's the same we had last show well yeah okay there's two reasons then but the reason why i'm drinking weiss beer is because it's good for your digestion and i was having some st- Little stomach issues, little heartburn, little are things you, like that. Are you still doing the um, sauerkraut, sauerkraut and fermented and kim- vegetables? Kimchi? Yes, but I also thought this is fermented also, and it's supposed to be good for you. And I thought, sure. It is bubbly, bub- bubbly and effervescent, yeah. as I said last show. Yes, and it has so that's the good, shore. good little uh, microbes or something, and it's good for your gut. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. So healthy to your health, everybody. Salud. And yeah, this is one. I don't know what it is really anymore. One forty-five we posted. Yeah, one forty-six. One forty-six. I think forty-seven. We recorded last time. I called one forty-six. Really? Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm way off. It's somewhere between one hundred and two hundred. And you know, it's easy. Yeah. It's easy to get them mixed up because everyone is a gem. Because they all just seem to run on into they, the same yeah. thing. <laughs> yes, they do. Over and over and over again. And I haven't said it this show, so I'll say it again. If you would like to join the live ASL chat, it's the 24-hour chat going on with ASLers from all over the world. That's right, folks. Write us and say, sign me up to the Slack chat room. We'll send you an invitation. You can jump in there. No kidding. 24 hours a day, there are guys in there. You can live chat with them and talk about ASL or really whatever else you want. But usually it's about ASL. And it's fun. It's a little more immediate than the Game Squad forum type thing where you have to post and then you wait. And then you have to look at everybody's signature line. I hate that. Oh, yeah, where they have those little quotes and things. Yeah, they have little quotes and things. And the first time you see it, it's fine. But after the 500th time you read it, it's like, (laughs) stop it. 
Anyway, a little bit different, but it's a way to stay engaged with ASLers from all over the world. It's especially nice if you don't have a lot of ASLers in your area. Yes, indeed. Or your areola. Yep, and I looked up the number, 44 and 45 were with uh, Eric. Yes. So 46 and 47 we're okay. doing on then our own here. So this is 47 Jim right Burris now. And tonight, maybe ASL Journal 1, certainly some mail. and uh, Journal 2, maybe? Journal 2, you got it too. And some scenario replay kinds of scenario analysis things we'll tack on at the end that I've been recording in the summer here. It's too much ASL fun. Is it possible? Just it is too possible. Much. Yeah. You know, I never did talk about my vacation last show. No, you didn't. And you took a vacation to Europe, The whole family? Right? And did uh, oh. a lot of World War II stuff? No, that's oh. our vacation you and I okay. are taking. Ah, fantasy vacation. And Tetons, uh, Badlands, mm-hmm. Grand Tetons, Yellowstone. Nice. And back around again, Mount Rushmore, yeah. Black Hills, Custer Park. Sounds like a lot. Custer Park? Yeah, it's, it's a state park. Yeah. And that's near that the Black where Hills there. Little Bighorn was? No. That wasn't That there. we okay. almost went to on the way home. Yeah. But I'd done that 20 years ago with Laura, pre children, yeah. and loved it. Because I was yeah. really into miniature wargaming then and thinking uh, about doing the Indian Wars and was researching a lot of that too. Mm-hmm. So, but, uh, always, as I've told you before, I find it amusing that I, I love the mountains and I'm afraid of heights. Yeah. It is a weirdity. Isn't it? So we're hiking along, and I'm I'm doing great climbing up mountains and hills, clinging to rocks and trees around me, and then suddenly, or like the Badlands, I was okay if I had space on the sides. Suddenly we're on a thin trail going around the hilltop and realize I'm on a cliff edge yeah. and freeze up. Oh. Sorry, kids. Can't go on this one. Dad's freaking out a little. So you, then, didn't, you didn't have them blindfold you and lead you along or something like that? They do that with horses. You know, I had no problem with just going back. Yeah. But, and then driving home, I thought, you know what? Maybe I should have just bucked it up and went on, on the cliff. Well, easier said than done with stuff like that. I was in my pretty experience. freezing up, actually. Yeah. Like, harder to take a step. And then driving the cliff sides, of course. So I think we've talked about oh, that before. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And Laura is not too comfortable with that either. Best thing to do there is but. just blindfold yourself and drive those roads. And Yellowstone doesn't have a lot of that. It's pretty flat, actually. Yes. There's yeah. one area, but it's like a rolling hill thing off to the side, not a steep drop clip, clip drop off clip cliff. And there's a canyon in, in uh, Yellowstone Canyon. Yes, that that is there, but it's not really dangerous to get in there. It's no. weird because you can be driving along. We the worst part we did drive through. To, to leave the park. Well, they said, don't take this Beartooth Road. We asked the guys, okay, we're leaving. Here's the map. We don't like cliffs. And none of these maps say danger, cliff roads with no ban- you know, guardrails. Yeah. And, and so this guy's like, okay, don't take this road out of the park to the east, northeast, bear, I don't know, claw, Beartooth, something. And I'm like, okay. And this other person was there goes, oh, yeah, don't take that one. The other one, and this part is all a little scary, but that's a better way to go. And that one was, yeah, you'd be driving along, and you're, you're kind of like land on both sides. You're going out like a, like a prairie, like a flowing sea. Yeah. And then suddenly you turn a corner, and there's a ravine, and you're back on a cliff edge oh. for a short period. And then there was one giant switchback that we had to descend, and oh. Laura was driving on that one. And, you know, a slight rolling plane, and then pretty much a cliff drop, and... 
so yeah, we got out of there. But uh, the worst ones would be trying to cross, of course, the Rockies when we did that. Oh yes, yeah, well, I don't know how we ever yeah. made it through Florida to all that. So did you count the number of kids that you had when you got home? Make sure it was the same number you had when you left? Well, we deliberately left one behind. Did you? Yes, I know which one. But he doesn't oh. know I know. <laughs> we wouldn't name that on yeah, the air. Yeah, no. No, the but, kids did well, and they hiked well. Good. Uh, my asthma problem caught up. You know, I, I could go up two of those switchbacks and suck up wind for a while. Stop. Just let me suck up. And they'll be like, are you okay? Yeah, I just got to suck up some wind, get the... You know, air back in my muscles, big heart and heart and stuff, and keep going because my endurance was good enough. Yeah, and the kids all had some good endurance. I was impressed because you know my daughter doesn't really exercise a lot, but she's young. Yes, and uh, the boys to be said for you been running in the summer, so they're in good shape. Yeah, yeah, good time. And you get if you ever do Yellowstone. Oh no, I'm sorry. This was in the Tetons. It's called like the Canyon Walk hike, and it's I was thinking Canyon like. The Dells, Wisconsin Dells or something. Mm-hmm. Star of Rock National Park in Illinois. Uh, it's It was like the valley, not really the canyon. The valley so low? Of the rivers running through there. Was, I, I don't think it was a canyon. You know what I mean? Like the Wisconsin Dells? Yeah. It's, well, those are Dells. Yeah, okay. I guess they don't call it the Wisconsin Canyons. No. I just thought a canyon was more a desert train. I don't know. But this was like, you know, Alpine Hills and the Tetons. Oh, okay. And you're in the valley between two giant mountains. That's a canyon. Okay. Really? It is. (laughs) Well, now I know. You're going to have to check your canyon. Is that me or is that you? I think that might be my computer over there. Oh, over there. Somebody talking to me, trying to talk to me. So, yeah, the canyon hike. Do that one. It's a killer to get up there, but amazing. That's we saw the moose. And we heard the wind. Did I tell you about that one? The wind coming down through the valley. They call the wind Mariah. 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 Oh, they call the wind Mariah. <laughs> they sound like a train. Oh. So, or like they say a hurricane sounds like. Or a tornado. tornado. sorry. They say tornado sounds like trains. They say trains sound like it, tornadoes. It's, we, we thought it was some kind of siren going off. We all turned around, all, wow. the whole family. What was that? And we figured out, well, that's the wind flying through this valley. So really exciting. Some guy. It's some guy around the corner going, ooh, (laughs) laughing at the tourists. Ricola. Yeah, Ricola. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So then as we're, Laura knew it was going to rain. So we're watching the skies. And she's like, do we have time to go to this inspiration point? Yeah, do that quick. Uh, And folks, if you have to choose between inspiration point, lookout, and going into the canyon, I guess they call them now. Um do the canyon hike. But the, we saw the clouds moving between the mountains, you know. So we start heading back, and we're going down. And people are still going up and up and up, and they're carrying, like, picnic gear, like they're going to sit out on inspiration oh, yeah, point no, and look out over the lake. And I felt, I thought I should have said something to them. Like, you do realize it's going to rain, like, in half an hour. Yeah. So we just kept hiking down, down, down. And I didn't have to stop and suck up wind on that. And got on the boat to cross the lake back. Jenny Lake, I think. Because we hiked out around the lake and knew we'd have to cut back. And there came the rain, hitting the water right Ah. behind the boat as we were pulling out. Got into the car. Perfect. And all those people got wet because you didn't want to say anything. Well, you know, I I think they had no idea. They didn't have ponchos and things. I think think they really didn't know it was going to rain today. 
Maybe that was part of their plan. To get wet? Enjoy, to get wet. The, enjoy yeah. the mountain rain. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Cool mountain rain. Braver soul than I. Well, I'm glad you made it back safely. We haven't done a trip like that for a long time on those mountain roads. The mountain roads I remember that I drove that were treacherous were in Italy. In the oh, northern, you and Robin were in Italy. Yes, in the northern lake region, Lago di Garda, which is a beautiful big lake surrounded by mountainous areas and all these switchbacks, very narrow, like you imagine <laughs> Worst little side that. roads in Italy would be. <laughs> and it looks like there's only room for one car. And somehow you get a car and a truck going opposite directions at 40 miles an hour each, which is collision at 80. And then somebody's <laughs> going to go flying into the lake down a thousand feet. But none of that ever happened. We we survived it all. But it was it was pretty exciting. And am I right? None of none of this is ma- marked on the map. It's not marked on the map, and um, there are no railings at all. And you just kind of drive it and hope that you that you survive. And I'm sure there's a lot of cars at the bottom of Lago de Garda. <laughs> the Ranger. Well, sometimes you hear about the buses going off, right? Um, you do, yeah. The double deckers. <laughs> yeah, the double decker buses. Uh, yeah, the ranger said, just keep your eye on the line in the middle of the road. Don't yeah. be looking out off the cliff edge. Yes, and that's what I do. When I look, I also kind of drift off. I look to the left, I drift off to the left. <laughs> oh, and good. the other one. Oh, yeah, the get gasoline, right? Remember, so I'm driving with Adam. He's driving my young driver, junior in high school. And we're in the wide open Wyoming <laughs> southern portion with the rolling plains and no cliffs. And, or it was North Dakota, South Dakota, and wide open, nothing anywhere. And he, he says, Hey, you know, I think we're going to need gas soon. So, so I said, yeah. what, do we, what do we got? About a quarter tank of gas left? He says, No, no, the light, the light just came on for empty. <laughs> and I said, What? Yeah, we need gas soon. That's when the light comes on. You don't want to turn around and go back. And it was nowhere. Yeah. So I'm looking at the map, and they're like, wake up, Mom. I'm like, no, don't bother. Well, she has the GPS. I'm like, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'm a dad. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, this isn't going to work at all. Well, the new vehicles, they tell you how much, how many miles you have left. Yeah. So I, I, it's like, look, it says you have seven miles left. I'm oh. like, well, I think that's 15 miles today. So Laura wakes up, what? And she looks it up on her GPS. 15 miles ahead, gas in that, in that town. I'm like, well, now it dropped to six miles left. said, I don't think we're making 15. We're just going to the side village. It's, it looks like five miles to the south. This is a teeny, teeny, dinky place. And I'd rather be there if we're going to have to call someone to drive out with gasoline to us or hoof it. We're just going to get off on these side roads. They're easier to get access to than the highway. Where If someone came on to help us, they'd have to go this direction, turn around miles away, come back, right? The north-south thing. And what did you do to save gasoline? Yeah, we were debating, do you, like, let off the gas every five minutes and coast as far as you can right. and then have to accelerate? Yeah, so, hard to know. I don't know. We did turn off the air conditioning. Yeah, turn off the air conditioning. I do everything. I turn off the air conditioner, the windshield wipers, the lights. <laughs> I turn off everything. Radio. Turn, take out the, the cigar lighter. Everything. Everything's off. <laughs> Roll up the windows and try to be as streamlined as possible. We, yeah, we did try to keep a steady pace yeah. of the gas. Uh, and then Laura's like, well, what are you doing there? There's no gas. I said, honey, the GPS lady, Siri, the can't possibly know every single little gas station. <laughs> I don't believe she knows everything. No, probably not. 
let's just go over here. I'm just going to make us do it. And there was this big agri-con, like, place for big trucks and silos. And I'm like, they have to have gas. So I, I was parked. I walked up there. The lady says, you got a credit card? I said, yeah. She says, four miles down the road on the left is this little, these little pumps. They're just pumps. There's no attendance. There's no stations. It's just a gasoline pump sitting on the side of the road. Really? In a lot. No attendant. No attendant. How do you, you get candy bars? You get diesel. You, you don't. You get diesel. How do you get lottery tickets? You, you don't. You don't? Or Diet Coke on ice with a straw. Wow. Oh, which I have over here. I have not been. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you should, yeah, get caught up there, Dave. What a concept. Mm. Who and washes it, your windshield? And she said four miles down the road, and we had yeah. like three left on our... Oh. I guess fine. The kids can push it the rest of the way. Yeah. Of course. So, it worked out amazingly great, but that was a fun moment. Yes, in retrospect. Yeah. Yeah, because you didn't have to... <laughs> <laughs> I've never run out of gas like that. I don't. I don't imagine it's any fun in the Badlands. Yeah, and in Adams' defense, I think as a high school kid in Illinois, you can always get gas, right? Always. Yeah, it's no problem. Yeah. I think he was thinking the same thing. Oh, we'll need gas soon. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll wait. But <laughs> look around. You know, it was just funny. Yeah, nothing. I get annoyed when the gas station is on the wrong side of the street. <laughs> I guess it would, being in your situation, would make me appreciate even those ones that are on the wrong side of the street. It's like, we're almost out of gas. Yeah, but that gas station's on the wrong side of the street. Let's just keep going. And then and on the highway, that'd be one where you just cross that middle barrier no matter what. Yeah. Drive down there and bounce back up. But anyway. So I didn't tell you my idea for uh, when I retire. I'm going to start a food truck. I'm, I'm going to buy a food truck. This after I get out of the computer business because it's too stressful. I'm going to buy a food truck, and I'm going to call it... I'm either going to call it Hot Dogs... Like Hot Dogs on Wheels? Maybe? Hot Dogs on Wheels? Anyway, it's okay. a food truck, and I drive on the highway, and I just drive next to people. <laughs> and you order food, like with an app, and I just pass it to you. You don't even have to slow down. I just pull up right next to you. You order your food, and I, I like just hand that it idea. out. You don't have to pull over. Not a great idea. Yeah, and your car can be kind of funny shaped like that wiener wagon. Yeah, from Meyer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I could just drive up and down the highway, delivering toys and and joy to everybody. And then you'd really for make a good, a for a good killing dollar. in like those heavy uh, traffic jams. Oh yeah, absolutely. People'd be coming up and line, they'd yeah, be lining up. They'd be stopped. They could yeah. just get out and come up to yeah. you while you're. What do you think? There. Good idea, huh? It's a good idea. Yeah, it's coming. I had another idea years ago, which was a dog walking service. It was going to be a flatbed truck that I drive down the highway. And for people that are traveling with their pets and they don't want to pull over, you hand your pet out and I put them on the flatbed and it's got like... It's a treadmill? It's got, well, no, it's it's a hamster big, wheel? It's big. It's got like sand and trees and bushes and stuff like that. And your dog can walk around on it and do his business. And yeah. then I, I hand them back and, you know, it's 10 that, bucks. That way work. they didn't have to pull over. Is this the Jeff's Cockamania Ideas That could also be Dogs from, on Wheels. From, from yeah. the last show? <laughs> Jeff's Cockamania Ideas? Cockamania Ideas. ideas. I got plenty of them. Well, should we... Yeah, let's jump into it. Should we announce the contest? Oh, yes, the contest. Tell us tell us about the contest, All right, Dave. folks. First, first place prize is the China, Burma, India, the Lost Theater. Second place prize is Critical Hit issue number like two or something. We reviewed it a while back. Yep. Uh, third place is any assorted books we may have laying around mm-hmm. you might be interested in, 
or I think we have a rally pack or something. So anyway, half the prizes are actual ASL products and the, the big mama of them all. The China Burma India pack from St. Louis ASL Group. You're gonna want that. That's yeah. the probably the it's most valuable. Like, that's puppy. worth a hundred bucks. You can resell bucks, it on eBay in a year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Killing. And so far. And here are the rules. The rules are there yes. are no rules. We just want to hear from you. Call us and say something. So to enter from this day forward, yes, you have to call in. Go to the website. Get our phone number. The contest ends when, Jeff? The contest ends on October 31st, 2015. That's this year. Probably when this... Halloween? Ho- that would... Yeah, it's typically... Uh, yes, Halloween. <laughs> Sorry, I was yeah. distracted. Yes. Now, here's All the deal. Hallows Eve. Probably some listeners are saying, hey, we think you already did a contest or two and never gave <laughs> a prize or did a drawing. <laughs> Darn. Well, Darn those listeners for listening. We're, we're thinking that might have been possible. <laughs> so here's what we have. We have Jack Boyle, Alan Hume, and Jason Francis having entered the Do I Let People Win contest. Now, it's possible we did draw for this from the three of them, <laughs> but I know they never claimed a prize. Because yeah. I know the last contest, no one ever claimed the prize. That's true, yes. Th- that is true. That's right. Uh, but just in case we didn't cover that, because we still have you in our contest box inbox mm-hmm. on our computer, Jack Boyle, Alan Hume, Jason Francis are in the contest. S. Slunt has entered a most interesting ASL player contest. Ah, yes, I love that. Okay? Mm-hmm. As did, oh, I think you're the only one in that category right now. Oh, and Dennis Donovan. Most interesting man in the world. We've been running some of those again on the yeah. shows. If we didn't get yours put up into a song, we'll try and get that done for you. And someone entered with the ASL parody song music. Now, we don't think we ever actually announced that as a contest, but that's no, Roger Foss. Dreaming. So Dennis Donovan, Roger Foss, S. Lund, you're also in the contest. That's six people in. Boys and girls, you at home, call up and say... Say anything. Tell us about... Your favorite nationality? Again, no one entered that contest. Not Hopefully very regarding people. ASL. <laughs> yeah. Or do That's you right. let other people win? Yep. But from now on to enter, you need to do the voice call-in. Yes. And it can be just anything you want. Anything at all? I think so. Yeah. Well, don't I mean, just if you... call up and say your name. No. Come up to with talk, something. Talk, it can be give lame, us a few but... sentences about ASL. Yeah. What it does for you. That kind of thing. All right, the contest is on, boys and girls. So good luck. And employees, as usual, employees of the two half squads are not eligible. So, Dave, you and I are out. And while we're on announcements, oh, oh. it's time for letters. I think it is. Speed letters. Yes, it is. While we're preparing for letters, we'd like to remind you of the the hat sale. Get your two half squads hat. Gmail us. Uh, well, normally we say ask us if we have them. I'm sure we have them at this point in history, but yes. maybe now better Gmail us and make sure we got one. We'll tell you you can make a donation, twenty one dollar donation gets it mailed to you anywhere in the continental United States, 
and unless there's some weird postage thing going on with your postal zone, then we might ask you to chip in a little more. So there you go. Get your hat while it, they're it, getting good. And it's the perfect thing. If you have a head or if you know somebody that does, this is a great gift. Give one to yourself. Give one to your friends. Give one to your friends and then take it. Steal it. Yeah, thanks for not making any bald jokes there, Jeff. Like a bald people would need a hat more than others. No, no, I, I don't think that's that. true. I actually can't wear a hat. I have too much hair. Your hair is too puffy. For a hat, yeah. It's too puffy. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> it's a phenomenon. It's kind of it's kind of taken on a life of its own. <laughs> but, you know, I don't want to cut it. So, shall we go on? We shall. We have a letter here. Oh, are you doing the first letter? You you go ahead. Okay, I've got a letter from Vincent. Vincent writes, and he says, Hi, Dave and Jeff. Sorting counters and listening to episode number eight from way back in 2008, and Dave was talking about his 1,000th ASL game that turned out to be a Haka Pale playtest scenario, so unable to talk about it. I don't know if you remember this. I do, and I, kind I of remember forgot that. to look up the answer yeah. for him. I don't have my sheets with me. Oh, so that yeah, that's what he's asking. Which scenario was it? Maybe you could do a segment oh. on why help with playtest, why people should help with playtesting, and what you get out of it. Oh, it's a great segment idea, yeah. and I'll try and look up that scenario and let you know soon. Keep up the good work, and thanks for keeping the fun in ASL. Cheers from Philadelphia, AS, the Philadelphia ASL Club. We did not know there was a Philadelphia ASL club. So there we go. Vinny, thanks for writing. And we have one from Robin Crack, Crake, K-R-A-A-K. Uh, he has written again. Last time we thought he was from Japan for some reason. My second letter to you guys. Uh, I've been playing Starter Kit with Pat Ireland quite a bit and found some face-to-face opponents. Good work. The Venerable Heine van der Salm and Roderick Molinars, which will hopefully kickstart my ASL experience to full ASL soon. And he talks about having obtained the games some on eBay. I'm a loyal listener of your podcast. Seeing yet another new episode appear on my phone makes my day. I spend quite some time in the car while commuting. And your banter and humor make me laugh often. While I still lack the experience to fully appreciate the terrain time sections and rules review, I do enjoy listening to them. And I'm sure to rerun episodes as I travel on my ASL journey. Yeah, I guess you can always go back and listen, right? Yeah. When you get to a part like we did what air support. Right. You don't listen to that until you're ready to play air support, maybe. Well, hear it now and then hear it again later. And he says, uh, we thought he was from Japan, but he's from Holland, born in Deventer, a city with a similar bridge model as the one in Arnhem. My dad actually witnessed the movie production of A Bridge Too Far, which was shot on the bridge in Deventer. Wow. The one in Arnhem doesn't exist anymore, obviously. That's cool. When he was a youngster, he saw it. Seeing the Bridge of Flame was an impressive sight, and he still gets excited when I mention it. That is cool. That's pretty cool. Thank you, Robin. I was speaking to one of my clients the other day, and somehow we were talking about we got on World War II movies, and he told me that his father was in the Army, stationed overseas, and he actually was one of the jailers for who was the woman that was on the radio trying to Tokyo Rose Tokyo Rose thank you he was one of Tokyo Rose's jailers he played gin with her <laughs> that's pretty cool too that's pretty cool i mean i didn't know him but i know a guy that knew him 
the guy that played Jin with Tokyo Rose. And we'd like to remind everyone that the show is brought to you by generous donations from listeners like Timothy. Thank you, Timothy. Tim K. Thank you, Very Tim. Nice. Sometime about mid-July, there was some discussion on Game Squad that I just thought is is worth acknowledging, where somebody wrote and said that, uh, oh, it's a it's an injustice that the two half squads are not recognized on desperation morale, and it was he was kind of trying to get some support for us and try to encourage Mark Pitt to drop his ban on listing the two half squads on his website. And a lot of people, it kind of kicked up some discussion. A lot of people came in to our defense, which was nice. Uh, other people said, who cares? And other people said, who are the two half squads? But <laughs> anyway, we just wanted to be clear on the topic. We certainly don't have a problem with Mark Pitkavich listing whatever he wants on his website. It's his website and he can do what he wants. And and we think he's a good guy, and we've interviewed him in the past, and we kind of consider him a friend. And would we like to be on? You know, I'll tell you why I would like to be on Mark's website. Because many, many ASLers know about the Desperation Morale website, and they go there regularly for reference material and to look up historical things regarding the game. It's just a great spot where all that stuff is brought together. And by being listed there, I think we would reach more people because there are people that don't know about us. So the reason we want to be on there is so people can get a chance to listen to the two half squads. It doesn't mean we're great. It doesn't mean we're good. It doesn't mean we're even worth anything. It just means if people listen, then they can make their own decision as to whether or not there's any worth in following us. Yeah, and when I was sent the link to the to the discussion, it was... Very flattering in a lot of ways, yeah. and it was fun. I just, I can't, must have been in a great mood that day. Reading through everyone's um, thoughts was just a whole lot of fun for me yeah. because, yeah, in the, in, the, in the end times, it doesn't matter. Uh, another thing was fascinating was the discussion about what a commodity is and the high level of thinking about a commodity that you have to sell oh, it or yes. people donate. It right. has value. If it doesn't have value, you know, is it printed equal to digital? Is it going to be here in 100 years? That whole discussion was very, very well thought out. Yes. You, you guys are really smart. You listen Very smart guys. But it does, it does, you know, it ends up being 10 pages of stuff to read through. And uh gets to be a lot. I think that's why Dave and I are not on Game Squad all that often, because we just don't have the time. We're busy it. making but, this show for you folks. But one point I wanted to make for people was that for those people that think the two half squads is not worth uh, worthwhile to spend their time, that's fine. I understand that. But people should have a choice. If you want to go on Game Squad and spend your time there, do that. If you want to listen to the two half squads, do that. But let people do, let people explore all these different things and then pick what they want. So that's what we're looking for, is for everybody to get a chance to listen to the show. Even those people that don't really know what a podcast is, there were a number of people on there that said, you know, I don't even know what a podcast is. I don't know how to get it. It's too much technology. Um, but if we're, if we're out there enough, it might get them to at least try it, figure it out. Figure it out, people. You can figure it out. It's not that tough. Yeah, and I'd like to point out that Hong Kong Wargamer, Jackson Kwan, has put his own AAR, a 
attached to the replay of Bloody Harvest. And so encouraging listeners to do the same thing. So as you're listening to the shows, jump into the comments section and feel free, please, to add your own advice or link or corrections, as we mentioned last show. Yeah. And we got a post from T. Keller. T. I guess that's Tim Keller from Michigan. Posted on episode 87, so he's getting back in the time machine. Episode 87, which is titled 20% about the greatest game in the world. And he writes, I love this podcast and I'm working my way up chronologically through all the episodes. I just finished listening to episode 87. And I have to agree with the person who wrote in to listener mail in the previous episode, which is one of the greatest things about this show, besides the fact that it's 85.6% dedicated to the greatest game in the world. What I like is the banter between Jeff and Dave. You two are a great team, and the two of you bring the game to life on this podcast. For an audience, we should add a little ambience here. Because <laughs> we're up in the clouds. You two are a great team, and the two of you bring so much life to the game. For an audience that includes some who might not otherwise encounter ASL. Now that's true. Yeah, that is true. Keep the typewriter intro music with that segment. Roll low. Well, Tim, here we are, episode 147. We're still doing the typewriter. Um, (laughs) I hope you're still as enthusiastic about it now. This is 60 episodes after where you're at right now. So, But anyway, we appreciate your comments, of course. And I have a comment that goes back to that forum discussion. Oh, no. Maybe we could get some ukulele background music. Oh, sure. Read this. Mm Mm-hmm. Jeff has a new instrument. He's just becoming the... He's, he's going to drop this podcast to go on the road soon. Yep. And this was posted on the Game Squad forums, which, again, we don't often go to and uh, read, certainly on the air, but it's from John H., and I don't have his last name here, but I thought we'd mention this. He says, you know, the results of this thread bring an interesting idea. Long ago, we had Jacques Cuneo and his... Also excellent resource, ASL Crossroads. I mean it. It was awesome back then. What we need is something similar. And if uh, some people aren't willing to consider it, uh, it's up to someone else to do the job. Well, give me two weeks, and we'll have a one-stop shopping link resource ready at Point Blank's blog page. Time to, as Wolkster loves to needle people about, shat or remove oneself from the commode. I think we can say chat. I think we can. Done. I will put in the work. I will browse the links. I'll do the sorting required. I will strive to update and provide the medium for others to report broken links so they can be fixed. Or submit new links that I miss. No commentary other than a very brief description of what the site's focused on in that topic so they can be sorted a bit. Is it a resource link? Historical research link? AARs? Commentary? Manufacturers? Or the two half-squads link? The poll is showing a desire for it. So, John, we're hoping over at Point Blank, which we've talked about before on the show. Uh, We had you linked at one point. We're going to encourage you to get that done. And if you change your mind about it, we apologize for having read this on the air. (laughs) Putting the pressure on you. No pressure. But if you don't do it, yeah, maybe someone else would then. But it won't be us either. I've got a letter here from our friend Dennis Donovan, who writes, Hi, guys. 
Thank for the responses. Alas, was hoping to see you at ASLOC maybe another time. Yeah, we're, it looks like we're not going to ASLOC this year. But I'm looking forward to ASLOC. I'll get to see uh, what it's like to be a 7-0 at a meeting of nine ones. Understand no guarantees about parodies, just throwing them out your way in case you need some material or cheap filler for the show. Yes, Dennison, Dennis is a very creative, uh, very creative and prolific contributor as far as these things go. And this is a, a little note to us. It was to remind me to, that we get the contest going. And if someone wants to do a song parody, like Dennis has done here, I'm, I'm going to try and get this recorded, that you can also submit another song parody to be entered into that contest by October 31st. This is a great song. I love this song. Don't tell them what it is yet. I'm going to get that done. Who's I think. Gonna, who's going to record this? You are. We are, right after this. Oh, we are? Okay. okay. Let's okay. cut the show short. Okay. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. And there was a note on the blogger from Stuart. Hey, I liked episode 144. Eric is a bright bulb in a fading world of ASL players. He is a bright bulb. Yeah. But who's the fading world? Is yeah, that us? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I guess so. I think another episode with Eric and a couple of noobs from his group interviewing them on what new players think to the ASL world. We did some new player interviews back before with my friends uh, from yes, church. Yes, right. Do you remember that long ago? I do, yeah. Um, but maybe time for that again. What they love, what they would like. It's probably a good idea. Stuart will put that into the idea I remember box. they used such words as boring and <laughs> how do I get out of here? And... No, they didn't, but they have stopped playing. So, Yeah, that's too bad. And then we've mentioned the chat room again, right? So I think we're good on that. Yeah, I think we're good. That would wrap up. That's it for letters. Thanks, everybody, for writing. Please continue writing. Continue writing. Enter the contest. It gives us stuff to do. And buy your hat. You people have a lot of work to do. Yeah. Get on it. We shall seize the bridges. It's all a question of bridges. With thunderclap surprise. Smell of napalm in the morning. Smells like victory. Well, that wonderful little intro music can only mean one thing. Movie review time. Ah, two things. Or bathroom break. Yes, exactly. You do the movie review, I'll do the bathroom break. All right. Well, boys and girls, moms and dads, I saw a film called Emperor. Yeah, I saw it too. Because my friend lent it to me at work. Yeah, I wanted to see it at the theater. It wasn't really like a battle film, so not as naturally interested, I suppose. Yeah, but it's no ASL scenes in. <laughs> it's MacArthur and it's Hirohito. So that's big stuff, folks. So I said to Jeff, hey, happen to watch this movie? So while I'm watching the movie, if it's any war movie, I am taking notes for this very podcast. Gotta come up with material somewhere. And Jeff said, well, you know what? I'll, I'll watch that movie. And he did. And so I'll start with my notes while someone is away in the restroom. I thought it had a nice opening. Now, I, 
I think I watched this film, Jeff, what, six months ago, eight months ago? Yeah. Maybe a year. Something like that, yeah. It's been a while. A long time. <laughs> Sorry. You know, I feel you get better now. Eric on for a couple of shows and then Burris and, you know, yeah. time just flies. It does. Nice opening with black and white historical footage. Oh, was it? Was there? I don't know. Was there? I actually don't remember. Now, I saw it about a month ago. Maybe the opening footage was... Yeah, historical footage. Of the dropping of the bombs? Yeah, I think so. And yeah. like the whole emperor thing and maybe some newspaper headlines, that kind of thing. So what is the premise of the movie? For the Japanese people, the emperor was deity. Yes. Right? Godlike. Part god. Or yeah. God. What do you do? Is, do you hold the emperor accountable for war crimes and things like that? Right. MacArthur, my historical understanding going into the film was that MacArthur was wise enough, having been in the Philippines for all those years, to understand the culture of the Japanese people and to have an idea that it wouldn't be a good thing to hang the Hirohito in right. the town square or something for war crimes. Right. Yeah. So the premise was to find out more about who said the orders to do what. Right. Yeah. Do you want to add to that premise? No, I think that's I think that that's about it. So yeah, it was it was that moral dilemma of how to handle the emperor of this nation that had fallen. What do you do with him? And what not only but um balance it, what is what do the American people want? What it, do the American mm-hmm. people expect? And what did the Japanese people want and expect? And where's the balance? And, you know, what is the best for a peaceful progression from that point? Moving forward. Because the war is over Mm -hmm. and they want to, you know, they want to rebuild this nation. So what's the best way to go with it? And it was, it, it really presented a very good moral question. And so I thought the opening with the black and white footage, I liked it. It lended authenticity and it showed younger viewers. Like yeah. These things really happened, yes. so it set a historical context to it. Uh, it opened with the arrest of the Japanese war criminals. Yes. Right? And MacArthur was given 10 days to decide the fate of the Emperor Hirohito. And he gives General Fellers, played by Matthew Fox. Right, Matthew Fox, who is famous for his role in Lost for eight seasons, and hasn't really done much other than that. Oh, but... was he the doctor? Yes. We just started Jack. watching Lost. Jack, this think, last right? month. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Aaron, yeah. my middle boy, started. Oh, really? My youngest. Yeah, it's great. I'm like, what are you watching? Lost? I'm like, really? Because like, I heard it was good, but yeah. I never took the time to see it. Yeah. So, yeah, we just, I've seen a few with him. I haven't... Yeah. Okay, that is him. I would not have remembered from the Emperor film. Yeah, he's got the job of researching the Emperor's role in these possible war crimes and making the recommendation... Right, to MacArthur. Yes, and he's sort of brought in because he has experience with the Japanese culture because he lived in Japan before the war. And uh, just to add a little element of, I think, some interest for women that might be viewing this oh. film, <laughs> there's there's sort of a romance between uh, General Fellers and a Japanese woman before the war. And she's lost. She gets lost. He gets disconnected from her. Of course, he's... He's taken out of Japan. She's left there, and so when he's back there, he's trying to find out what happened to her. Yeah, his girlfriend, Aya Shimada, played by Eriko Hatsune. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get 
And mm-hmm. we, they they play that part with flashbacks. Wasn't there a, maybe I wrote this later, but wasn't there a, like a bamboo thing and they were running through the bamboo? There was, yeah, a, kind of a I remember that. pretty scene, yes. Pretty clearly. Yeah. It reminded me of a scene from uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I saw that years ago. Or House of Flying Daggers, one of those two. But there's also a scene where people are running through bamboo. It's a beautiful thing for directors. Hey, it, got any bamboo? It, it, run the run the actors through here and add some color. And we needed to include it for terrain time for ASL players so they yes. could see their bamboo. Right. Yeah. Though in these bamboo scenes, it seems very easy to move through bamboo. Wide open. I went, Yeah, it's not and, minimum move to get in there. And and Burris in his ding, 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 China, Burma, India, the Lost Theater yeah. had some photos of bamboo, which very, looked very dense. Mm-hmm. And I remember I told you I was in bamboo at some... Nature preserve somewhere. Oh, you were on a vacation you got bamboozled. or something. <laughs> bamboozled, and it was pretty dense. Really? Yeah, I tried yeah. to go. I did go in it to go to the bathroom, so you're pretty well covered. <laughs> it's so tense. You can walk in there and go take it. You know, number, number you're stealthy. Number one, and get that done quick, and no yeah. one will see you in there. Were you lax? Did you need lax? It's pretty lax. <laughs> Safe enough. You didn't drop your support weapon, did you? Because that sucker could be lost. <laughs> no. Quickly. Lost. Now are you referring to the TV show Lost? Yeah. Or the plus, I don't know. We're bringing it plus around two full recovery circle. die roll modifier. Clever. See how I did that? In the bamboo. <laughs> now, I like the way the film showed the Japanese view that the troops are that their troops were superior to the U.S. troops due to their devotion. Right? You had that whole concept of, well, we are this honorable people, even in defeat. Yes. And other stuff. Yeah, and I liked that part because it really gave you a sense of the sort of befuddlement that the Japanese people had, the fact that they lost because they were so convinced convinced that they were superior in every way. And this must have been a horribly humiliating thing for them to have this invasion force, occupation force there, and... uh, and they, it just it had never entered their minds that they could lose. Yeah, and I, I, I can totally relate to their their view on that, their feeling, because, you know, I enter these triathlons and <laughs> I, you know, I keep not finishing them. And I'm, it's like, yes. what? Yeah. I am superior to everyone here. Yes. How is this happening in college? I got B's, other kids got A's. I'm like, what? Yeah. I'm superior to every kid in this college. Yep. How can I? So I'm, I you understand can that befuddlement. Yep. I've been befuddled my whole life. <laughs> Think, things I learned I didn't know. Could this be? Tojo failed at a suicide attempt. Failed, yeah. I didn't know that. Bummer. I mean, you know about the generals on uh, the islands, not Corregidor, the one right before Japan. Okinawa. Okinawa, yeah. yeah. all those kinds of things. The Harakiri. Uh, but I didn't know Tojo. And the failed coup to stop the surrender by the emperor. That whole coup attempt. They oh, showed yes, it. right. The military guys. Yes. Now, I know I, I have a, this great book, uh, War in the Pacific. It's like ultra thick. The kids at school are always so befuddled that I could they're, actually read. They're impressed. They're like, did you read that whole thing? Like, What? I mean, they just can't wrap their minds around it that someone could read a, I think it's a thousand page plus as a paperback, so it looks really short and really fat, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and I highlight parts, and 
early on I had learned from that book, like the Orange Blossom Society was gonna, trying to overthrow the the military branches of the Japanese politics mm. were trying to were assassinating members of the business class. Wow. Because the business leaders, you know, the Donald Trumps and so on, they wanted to stay connected with America, push the economic yes. piece. Mm-hmm. The militarists were into the superiority kick, and there were some assassinations politically and going on in Japan before. It's a great book that tracks how we were close to this friendship. In fact, we were leaning to Japan rather than China, mm-hmm. and how that started to fall apart with certain immigration policies and, and so on. Really, really well done. Yeah. And so here I learned that that also happened during the war, this failed coup to stop the surrender by the emperor. The emperor said, we must bear the unbearable, which was the surrender. Yes. But that was a great quote. Yeah. We must bear the unbearable. Battle scenes for ASLers, Jeff, any? Not that I recall. There's some love scenes. <laughs> When you look, you're supposed to avert your eyes during those seats. Okay. I found them very interesting. (laughs) What are they doing? What maneuver is that? (laughs) What phase is this? The new hat maneuver. I don't know what phase this is. (laughs) Nobody's wearing clothing. It looks like close combat, but not quite. Hand to hand and then some. But there was no nudity, right? It was all like no, PG-13. There's no, no, yeah. no nudity So it's totally at all. good for your kids to watch with you, yeah, right? Whole, I don't remember swear words or anything. Yeah. <laughs> swear words, no. Not in English. I don't think so. Um, so the only scenes I could come up with for ASLers was the coup against the emperor. Yes. There was some guns and stuff. Yeah. And then there was a jeep. There was a jeep <laughs> driving around. There was a jeep. No tanks. No. But if you want to see a jeep, yes. watch this film. Yeah. And then you had the destroyed buildings right. all around the place. And <laughs> They were everywhere. And a jeep. So Laura liked the quote, quote, we did our duty, but we lost our humanity. I don't remember it either, but I wrote it down. Yeah. Laura said, oh, that's a great quote. We did our duty, but we lost our humanity. Uh-huh. You know, so I was imagining MacArthur said, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm imagining the Japanese guys. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> um, historical accuracy. Did you do any research on it or have thoughts no, about it? No, I didn't. I suspect that it was, you know, other than the romance that was put in there, I suspected that it was kind of historically accurate. Yeah, and I hate to go into this. I feel like we should go into this. Because we have some knowledge of, of the war, right, and yeah. battles, mm-hmm. and how things were. But it, this may be too particular to an end of the war kind of thing. Yeah. Like, but the arm. So I looked it up. The armchair general online claims a few inaccuracies, but there are things like the word "bataan," "bataan," mm-hmm. which is I was told pronounced "bataan" by Filipino kids in school who said, you're pronouncing the Bataan Death March wrong. It's Bataan. Um, missing from MacArthur's Plain. What? The words Bataan missing from MacArthur's Plain. Hmm. What the heck am I talking about? I don't know. It sounds like you were delirious at that point. <laughs> no, it made sense. Slapping. Minor stuff. But they also feel it unfairly portrayed MacArthur. Would you want to guess how they feel it unfairly portrayed MacArthur? Um, he seemed... 
disconnected from this whole process because he gave it over to Matthew Fox. I I always suspect that he had a little more, more interest more interest in it than he showed in the movie and um, influence than he had in the movie. Not sure about that, but that would be my guess because I think this was a pretty big deal. I mean, this sort of would set the whole after uh, the the whole post war spin for the recovery of Japan. So pretty important deal that's what yeah that was my suspicion too and you know when he i know when he goes into japan he deliberately has that photo of him published next to the emperor yes where he's like six foot two and i'm making up the numbers folks don't right. write in tell me i'm an idiot we all know that already uh six foot two and like the emperor's like five foot two right right that and he had that published everywhere to help visually show the superiority uh. flip on the japanese but the armchair general says it unfairly portrayed macarthur's vanity yeah, I don't. I don't know I, that much about MacArthur, um, other than a little bit of hearsay here and there, which leads me to believe that he was a vain man. Yeah, and I, from what I've gathered, uh, you know, Eisenhower was quoted as saying, "Yeah, I worked under MacArthur in the Philippines. I studied dramatics under him." <laughs> yeah, I could believe that. <laughs> yeah, and and the whole way he just the speech and the I ha- I shall return. Who says shall? Yeah. In 1941. Yeah. You know, you got Patton talking. Is he saying, I shall? I don't think so. I shall take over Germany. No. I mean, you know, it, and, and Patton had his own vanity going, but something pompous about MacArthur. I don't think, okay, go ahead and write in, folks, yeah. if you're a MacArthur fan. We just want to hear from you. I, there we go. Yeah, and I haven't, yeah, but that's just I'm my understanding from lots of friends and historical things that, Overall, he had this vanity thing going pretty yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, obviously, cool guy, good, good general. I'm not even sure about great general. Now we're getting off topic here, but you know, didn't some of the books I've read say that whole Philippines thing maybe was a bit of a debacle that he unnecessary yeah. to to knock Japan out? Yeah, but since someone said I shall return, then we felt we had to or. You know, I've heard that. I think he had conflicts with a lot of other commanders. I think so, too. Yeah. But maybe that happens to even non-vain people. So that's where I'm just feeling people. I'm not saying this is true. Right. And, that you know, the director uh, needed to make a movie. That was his main thing, was to make an entertaining movie within a two-hour time frame. And so he had to pick some direction and some portrayal of MacArthur that fit within the framework of the movie. So he did, whether you agree with it or not. Hopefully, it'll, if nothing else, it'll get people like you and me to read a book about MacArthur and maybe read more about these particular events and see if we can find some truth in our own heads. Yep. And they are events we don't, as ASLers, necessarily investigate a lot more right. political yeah. concepts than, than military Right. Uh, NPR said the, the romance was made up, and I think you already kind of alluded to that. Yeah. And uh, but it was interesting. Still, I did. I didn't think. I didn't find it annoying. Did you? No. Yeah. No. And the investigation was not done in ten days. Oh, okay. I didn't write down how many days, but it was not done in ten days. It seemed like a lot of work in ten days. <laughs> and Laura, yeah, Laura was like, "Why ten days? Yeah. What's the?" And then the I, we looked it up and found out that no, uh, it's not really true. Um, and my wife liked it. She felt some parts were hard to track who was who. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. That's just her. But she liked it. So yeah. a woman's 
non-military historian lady's viewpoint of Emperor. I liked it a lot. I thought it was very good, and I thought the final scenes where the Emperor and MacArthur finally meet, I thought were, I don't know, they, I thought they were really well done, and they touched me. Inappropriately? It, or No, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, and I want to bring that out now. And I want to say it now, and I know in a week, before the like 10 other people are going to say, yeah, it touched me too. <laughs> so I know how that goes. So and I thought it was very touching. Good, because, yeah, when I, I was hesitant to recommend it to you because it wasn't a battle film. No, but I've, I thought it was good, and I, in fact, I would see it again. If I could get my wife at all interested, I think she would enjoy it, and I would definitely see it again. Yeah. So I got. And, and, I give it and, a high and mark. Didn't it have that sneaky part where, like, the one guy wouldn't say things? I should have wrote that down. Remember the Japanese one guy would speak in these mysterious language. I like. I can't say this to you, but I'm saying this to you. Oh, remember? Yes. Something about his driver. Sometimes, yeah. What was who was being sort of elusive? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes things are not. Yeah, I, I should have wrote it all down. Yeah. But I thought that was cool, too. I think that's, I could be wrong, but I think that's part of the Japanese mentality is uh, they don't say things and they say things. Yeah, For instance, yeah. my, my understanding, because I used to work with a Japanese company when I was in the audio business, my understanding is they have a word that's, that is, uh, I'll think about it, but the answer is no. Yeah. And it's one of those just sort of paradoxes that they have in their culture. And everyone understands that, but yes. they don't want to say no but they don't to you say up, it. up in front. Right, like so that, there are things rude. that are not said. Yeah, cool. But that are understood. Cool. Kind of like forget about it for gangsters in America. Exactly. It can mean all those different things. Yes. <laughs> forget f- about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you huh, you messing with my wife? Huh? Forget about it. Yeah. It can mean a threat, uh all kinds of things. It can mean I love you, right, Jeff? Yes, it could. Jeff, you didn't give me equal equal beer than you had. Oh, I'm sorry. Hey, yeah, no, forget, forget about, about it. it. Yeah, forget, forget about, about it. Forget about it, Dave. <laughs> All right. Never in the field of human conflict was so much owed by so many to so few. Well, what do we got next, David? Well, we have a little uh, attack on again. Uh, Dave Timonen joining us for a discussion. I guess we're going to call it a scenario analysis. Some of these things I've been recording ah. don't always fit. You know, they start off as a scenario analysis or my setup, and then, oh, let's record the whole thing, and or let's just record an after-action conversation. So you know right. how that goes. Yes. And this one, if I remember correctly, I probably discussed the setup, and then I think... We just discussed the end game. So I think it's about a 10-minute so scenario analysis. Does that sound like a good yeah, term? Yeah, I guess you could say that. Of the, from Hakapale, Arctic Crossroads. Okay. Arctic Crossroads. Mm-hmm. And so we'll present that to you right now. All right, Dave and I have played our third game of Arctic Crossroads and... Thought we could talk just Hakapale. You know, we're big fans of that. Yep. This yep. is teaming in here. Yep. He, he, he has his own counter. He didn't have to kill himself tonight because I was playing the Finns. <laughs> and we got a basic 
Well, maybe I should run over my setup real quick, if you don't mind, Dave. Yep. Uh, back here, okay, this row of guns have to be, I put an artillery gun on overlay hex X5 on this back board 16, and one on 19 in overlay X7, arty gun, both facing forward, figuring, you know, sometimes I thought of putting two together. Yep, yep. Would that be better? They could support each other. They can't be in the same hex. That's the rules here. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, if the Russian go with the, the to get both guns, they can support each well, other. Well, you don't know where them. I'm coming from, so it's probably good to separate. Well, it forces you to pick one or the other. Right. Or split your forces to get both. Right, yeah. Um, an AA gun I had in W2. And then I set up in the front, like FF1 was a 548 with a light, EE2 was the medium fin with a 548. I deployed and had a couple half squads over around this woods orchard overlay. I'm in the right flank with a, one squad of 447. And then there are other couple of 447s in the center woods. There's a center woods line that runs all the way down the board, north to south, coming at the fin. So Dave, your thoughts on your attack with the Russian... Yes, so um, I set a majority of my squads in F8, F9, F10 on board 44, thinking I'd take the right flank on the fins because he didn't have a whole lot out there, although I thought with the four hex limitation, um, he wouldn't be able to see anything on a get by. Yeah, this is quickly. like a real easy night rules. This is a great game to pra to start practicing night rules. You're only using like six of the night rules and they're all simple concepts. Correct, correct. So, but I also kept a few squads that would go up the middle. Um, I think I probably should have kept a few more. Uh, I thought I would use my my mortar at him in the woods there, but that immediately broke. Well, we can summarize but, yeah. it. I think we... <laughs> Either way, uh, what the I'm fins, getting at The Finns yeah. started with two weapons. They lost their medium right. to a failed repair job right. and regained their light after it broke in the starting forces. And Dave's medium ended up gone. It did eventually, yes. And yeah. a light still broken on, at yeah. this point. And yeah. The other light is good. So we've lost tons of support weapons, right. like 80, 75% of them total. Correct, right. But the thought process was to bring a few squads up the middle to kind of aggravate you up the middle while I'm distracting you by moving everything else off to the right. Yeah, so you came down close to this road. It is ground snow, but that didn't affect the game much. Um, Correct. C6, B5. Yeah, picked it up, go down E5. E right. And then I did the shift. So I shifted my center forces to my left in this grain field, which is not a grain field anymore because of snow. And then my right-hand forces in that Orchard Woods overlay to the center, right? Correct, correct. And then, so then I corrected from going, you know, just to the right of this uh, brush back to the center. Oh, yeah. And then spreading out uh, as much as I could, but, um, you know, he certainly, you, you had enough to lay in resid. I put down a nice wall of resid, ones and twos, because these little you know squads firing independently a four shot right. a five, subsequent a two shot leaving. So I eventually, I eventually, yeah, I eventually pushed into the woods um, after you know a few broken squads. And but you got they, all the way to hex Y. Yeah, 
And then, the Russians have to be south of this hex worldwide, but they got to hold on all the way to the end of the game. Correct. Turn nine. Right, right. So, and then it just got to be brutal after it, in those woods. But at one point yeah. in that game, okay, the Finn reinforcements don't come on until four. Correct. I think that's why you felt you could push down the right flank so quickly and easily. Right. Do you think if you continued with that instead of flipping back to the center, do you think you would have had... I'm just thinking strategy for future guys playing yeah, it. I don't know. They could overrun the artillery piece easy. Yes. And probably push on into the back back of the woods at the bottom, south edge of the board. Right. And maybe put up a defense Well, for I the think, oncoming Finnish reinforcements, maybe further away from them. Yeah, I think what happened was, when I was out by this brush out here on board... What is this board here? Yeah, um, 16. 16. So the problem was, I felt like that your reinforcements were going to come on. On the back and of then, you. And then, then, I'm, then there's all this open ground, and yeah, there's nowhere for me to right. go. And I did shift over four squads that got right. into this, like, Y8, Y9, Y10 area. Correct. So that made So me... then you'd be crushed between two forces eventually. Right. Yeah, out, out in the middle of nowhere. So maybe they should try that left-hand swing, push down the far left east. Flank. Yeah. yeah, left flank of the f- Russian... Board 17. And try and overrun everything in there. Because they can steamroll, right? All these 18 Russian squads. Morale's a sevens. And definitely going on that side of the board, would the reinforcements, it would take... Extra turns. Extra turns to get over there. To even bring firepower on them. Correct. Right, right. So maybe we're... (laughs) Are we both agreeing? If we play this again and we're the Russian... Yeah, we go on the left side. And then just a holding force down because, the center. Yeah, these, what, seven squads that yeah, get it's over? A, it's a big fin reinforcement. So they go straight across this hole, both these boards. And hit the Russians hanging out in this overlay woods by X6. I mean, that's And three. the woods in T10 on and that, board 19. And just getting over from the, what? what is this, north the, end? That's the uh, west edge. West edge. So it's at least three turns just to get over there. Yeah. And that's assuming there's no interference between. Four to get. Yeah, maybe. If you're way down here, yeah, in wait. this woods down in Q9 and T10. Yeah, board uh, 16. On board 19. Or 19, 19, 19, right, Man, right. that would be tough for those reinforcements to get in there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, we like, oh, so now we like, all right, our strategy. We're both going. Mm, well, high in sight, right? 20, that. you know, so. And, and we play tested this twice. Dave did not remember it too much. Probably because I lost both ways. Yeah, I did win with the <laughs> Russians, and I don't remember how, but I think it was up the center. So now I'm over for three. Can, the Russians, have, again, and we and Dave had a series of bad rolls when this final battle at Y2. Yeah, he hit the 10, 11, 12. AA gun. I rallied up two squads and fixed the light machine gun in X1. You had snake and eyes. then he had a couple of 447s. Well, one of them left. And th- those three units right. broke. Well, heck, I raided out the AA gun. I mean, if you flip those rolls, of course, yeah. I think half the Finns break and the Russians are still coming on strong. Because they can make these massive fire groups. Right. So Spread we, out, one yeah. per hex, and make 20 shots, 24 shots, right, that you were making. Well, and I think before turn five, right, so when everything turned um, and you blew away just about everything, I had, right just over 30, I had just over 30 points is what I counted. And I'm probably roughly half that now, which... Oh, leaves yeah. me just about enough to actually make the victory if nothing else happens to them. Yeah, in fact, good order Russians at this point. 
Yeah, good orders. Yeah, not there, but I'm just saying total points, probably roughly half. You only got seven good order squads right now. Yeah. That so is it's, brutal. Yeah. Sudden last That's last where it's like. And my sniper took out a squad, and the yeah. AA gun got double snake eyes on the It was like the perfect storm here. Shots. You had everything hit. Yeah. And that last I even turn. rolled the two artillery guns up out of the woods by one hex. They, their manhandling number is 11, so these things can move. Yeah. Push them up one hex just to get within range to yeah. help defend... Uh, well, themselves and to defend the center. Right, right. So, interesting. But we do love the fins, right? They got yep. the self-rally. Yep. So even broken, with the morale bait on when the When I was back. chasing you wherever, I and mean, you, you weren't making all the rallies, but um, eventually they did They did rally back. With the DM-548, yep. with an 8 morale, yep. in the woods with a leader, right. he'd come back on a 5, right? Right. And that's a DM. Yeah. So there's a good chance you're going to pop up some of them, you know, the very next turn. And then if you get farther enough away. And Dave did a good job of pursuing my breaks and right. broken guys and uh, hitting them again just to keep them DM. Right. Um, but it was, it seemed, it was too much. I mean. Just at turn five. Although even, you know, I had what, double what you had. But, um, so I was overwhelming you at times, but. Near the end here, I mean, this turn six is where... Yeah, I think before the reinforcements came on, and around turn three or two, even, I had only, like, two good order squads right. on board. And what what's the balance for this, this scenario? Uh, add a medium to the Russian. Boy, I don't think that's going to do, do much. Anything. That would do it's nothing. It's too slow of a weapon. Yeah. And you got this knife visibility range of four. Yeah. Now, for the fin, you'd have to increase the... Russians would have to get fifteen victory points instead of twelve for the balance. But oh, I see. boy, I don't I wouldn't do that for sure. No, no. Um Well. Yeah, any more analysis of this thing? The so, it, maybe we'll flip it and switch opponents. We'll see if I can go maybe a one one for four. Yeah. We could do <laughs> I don't that. know. We'll see. You're gonna try the fin then? Yeah. I don't know, it might be hard now. We both like playing these nice gray counters. That's right. <laughs> and they're also crispy, fresh, and new. Of course, the Timonen one, right? Timonen, yeah. yeah. I brought him on. You hockey, you Hawks fans now know that name. Kimo. What was his first name? Kimo. Kimo Timonen? Yep, Timonen. And, yeah, so anyway. All right, so that's a, a look at Arctic Crossroads. Uh, I, I think it's a great scenario yeah. because... It seemed like there's so much variety in this, in the way the Russian could go, and with these reinforcements, yeah, you know, this high morale fin where they're down, down, and then they're up again. Right, and the Russians, fast. Russians yeah. got three leaders. You got to keep all three leaders rallying up your dudes, right? And surprisingly, I didn't lose any leaders. Yeah, yeah, I didn't Normally. lose any. Yeah, I missed a ton of snipers, but the fin's got this nice. You know, sniper number five. Yeah. You should get more out of it than I did. I think you right. had more sniper effects than I did. You had two, and I only had one. Right. Out of a lot of rolls, but... Um, but on those snake eyes were brutal on me. Every time you rolled them, on the three or four times you did, it it hurt. So then should the Finn put his both artillery pieces on the left flank, his left flank, where the reinforcements can get to him quickly to liberate them again? I wonder. Perhaps. Yeah, rather than putting an artillery piece on the far right. 
Um, the AA gun could go on the far right. Yeah, but then if... if but you can if, lose it and not lose three points. But if the Russians want to do this left flank, right? Then the only thing there would be an AA gun. Right. And the Arties could be closer to the reinforcements. I'd almost recommend that finish players. So I would say my mistake, put an artillery out to the right, my right, when it should be close to the reinforcements. Right. Uh, winter camouflage for the fin and ground snow so they can do that uh, concealment assault move in the open and keep concealment right. and yeah. then advance if you ever look for those opportunities. Um, we we forgot to do concealment on the Russians, but... So I was moving so yeah, much. So it fast. didn't really matter. So right? fast. Uh, and especially out in the open. It really felt like a Russian human wave, even yeah. though it never... Well, and you never used a human wave uh, rules yeah. either. Yeah. So we did not... I don't think we've ever played a human wave with this scenario, and maybe it's the one to do it with. Can you do it this early? In the... Oh, I don't know. I'd have to read the rules. Because this is early in the war, right? 39? Oh. It is. It's yeah, that first winter war... And I thought and, human wave, it was after a certain period that you can only do that. But yeah. We'd have to look that I up. Think, yeah, maybe. But if it's an option, the Russian might want to think about it. Yeah. So. Okay. All right. Till next time. Bye, everybody. All right. Thank you. There we go. That was the second time you've played that then. Uh, yeah, or probably fourth. Yeah, because you've done playtesting. Yeah, versions of it. So that was our official plan of the official one from the game. Cool. Yep. And I guess that's it for this show. I think it is. We'll wrap it up. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We appreciate you so much. And we'll have Jeff play some little ukulele music to outro us here. While we ask you to remember to roll low. Roll low and rally well. But not when you're playing us. That's all, folks. That's not quite it. <laughs> <laughs>